The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Thanks to JLD Hot Sauce and Knives, Saints Happy Hour listeners now get to listen to the complete version of our weekly Twitter spaces the entire football season. If you want award-winning hot sauces like Boot Jolica or Reaper Madness Special Reserve, go to www.jldsharpsauce.com. They have incredible jellies such as palm and pepper. They also have an incredible selection of handmade knives for cooking, hunting, and your outdoor needs. Go check out the Zombie Killer Quartering Cleaver and tell me it's not the best damn quartering cleaver you ever saw in your entire life. Jerry Embler is a tremendous supporter of Saints Happy Hour, so we're asking you to support the people who support Saints Happy Hour. Go to www.jldsharpsauce.com to get the best hot sauces and knives at the best prices anywhere. Use promo code SAINTSHAPPYHOUR and get 10% off. That's www.jldsharpsauce.com. Have you been thinking of becoming a Saints Happy Hour patron? We have an offer you can't refuse. Sign up, and if you don't think Saints Happy Hour is the best daily Saints podcast and you aren't having a blast chatting on our private Discord channel with other Saints fans, we will refund your money. No questions asked. If you sign up at the $10 level, you can even keep our Boost Bundle welcome gift after the refund. You have absolutely nothing to lose, so go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. Podcast ads are the worst, right? Everyone hates them. You can get Saints Happy Hour ad-free by becoming a patron. That's right. Patrons get access to every show ad-free. No ads ever. You also get Breaking Saints News Podcast, Saints Player Grades, early access to shows, and behind-the-scenes access. Plus, you get access to our Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7 in private with other Saints Happy Hour listeners. And you get our world-famous booze bundle with four swag items. Amazing. So sign up and never have to suffer through another ad again. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com. That's SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. G'day, it's Stevie from 12 Ninja here. And look, if you like American football, you should check out Saints Happy Hour podcast. I personally know all about American football, other than it's a bunch of massive blokes wearing spandex, shoulder pads and helmets, running around with a throw on a football. In Australia, you don't throw footballs. You punch it or you kick it. And there's um, no protection. They're all naked. And there's sharks and crocodiles fired out of cannons onto the field and we all stand around and drink blood watching it but American football's your thing you know what to do Saints Happy Hour podcast stick it in your ear hole alright everybody welcome to another edition of the Saints Happy Hour podcast it's Wednesday. That means it's Twitter Spaces. As always, we are brought to you by JLD Hot Sauces and Knives. Go to JLDSharpSauce.com. They have all the best hot sauces and knives. Use the code Saints Happy Hour. Get 10% off. Andrew, 
two days away, baby. Two days away, yeah. live show, Port Orleans. We are freaking pumped. It is going to be amazing. It's gonna wait. be good. To, it's gonna be good to see you, Ralph. I haven't seen you in a while. That's right. Hang out with Dave and Kevin, and yeah, uh, looking forward to seeing the patrons. And uh, you know, hopefully Zach Streif will make an appearance. But uh, you know, it, it'll be a good time. He'll make an fun. appearance. He'll see Dave wearing the shirt of him dropping the pass against the Steelers on Halloween. From, that's really the only. That's really the only reason I from, want him to show up. I yeah, just want him to see that from shirt. 2010, and then he'll yeah. leave, leave, and he'll never, yeah. will never get invited back. But Nick's supposed to be there. Nick Underhill. You Nick Dick Underhill is going to be there. We might have my boss from WWL, Tom, there. My editor. Uh, we might have some other people. It's going to be. It's going to be a great. Going to be a great show, um, and a great night. You know, and the Saints winning Sunday. Sunday just makes it better. And I got to be honest. Like Dennis Allen, all the Saints are like, we're moving on. We're on to Tampa Bay. They can do that. <laughs> I haven't moved on, Andrew. I'm still reveling. In beating the Falcons. We got to talk about their Falcon fans are burning merchandise. They are despondent. We have a new fail cake at Bromart. It's just, it's just amazing. I still, it's like four days late. It's three days later. I still can't believe the Saints freaking won that game. So I don't know if I told you this, Ralph, but you know, my buddy Samir, he works for Cox Cable and yeah. he put, he pulled out all the stops. So, you know, I'm coming down obviously for the live show on Friday and Saturday morning, we're going up to Baton Rouge and he's got box seats for me and four of his buddies to go to LSU, Mississippi state. And then we come back down to new Orleans and then we'll go to the saints game. But one of his buddies, so I, I don't know any of his buddies cause he lives in Atlanta. So I'm like, Samir, like, give me, you know, give me the temperature of the room. Like what's the scene here? What, what are these guys like? And a couple of them are LSU and saints fans. So that's great. You know, we'll fit in. And he's like, I got the other two guys is like that one's a Clemson fan, one's a Georgia fan, but like they like college football, they like the SEC, so like it'll be cool. And then I'm like, and what about the Saints? Like, do they care? And he's like, well, yeah, two, the two LSU guys are also Saints fans. And he's like, actually, the Georgia guy is an Atlanta fan. Ooh. So I'm already, I'm like, <laughs> yes. Like, I already, I already know who I'm going to pick on the whole weekend. That's right. So it's perfect. You could just yeah. be like, you had a 99.9%. The, the first, I'm going to shake his hand. I'm going to meet him for the first time. And the first thing I'm going to ask him is, is 26 to 10 the new 28 to 3? It is for us. It is for me. It is, it is, for, it is for me. Um, you know, the thing about the Falcons, but then we'll get to Tampa because the Saints have a long injury report. We'll get to that and we'll get to Tampa in a second. The thing about this Atlanta win that's so hilarious is Arthur Smith like lost his mind in the post-game press conference. And oh, like, I didn't see this. You, Tell me about it. He like stormed off. He's like, you wrote us off. You all wrote us off in August and you wrote us off in before. We're going to prove you wrong, blah, 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 blah. And Atlanta fans are just like, dude, you don't get it. We have all these psychological scars from all these blown games. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear your we're going to get them next time. Like, this is like, they're so beat. They're such a beaten down fan base. It literally doesn't matter who coaches, who quarterbacks. It's just amazing. I, I don't but, really feel like you, as a head coach, you can pull that stunt when you've proven can. nothing. Yeah. Like, Arthur Smith has done nothing. He's, he's been, he's had one losing season and he, they just traded Matt Ryan. Yeah, and like they just lost Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley in the last two years. So like, 
I, I don't know, man. Like, you got to win a game before you start saying <laughs> stuff like that. Full full disclosure. How, uh, how, how about you don't blow a 16-point fourth quarter lead? Full disclosure, the Falcons are 10.5-point underdogs against the Rams this weekend, and I'm probably going to take them. Uh, the Saints are playing – I got. I got to be. Hold on. Hold on. I. I got to be honest, man. The prospect of the Rams going zero and two. It's. The, it's. Oh, that's like, strong. I, I, I'm. I'm not going to say I'm rooting for the Falcons. I'm not going to say that. I, you know, because. Yeah. But but, I'm kind of in a situation where it's a win-win there. Like I mean, if the Falcons were able to win that game, I, I'm. I mean, I'm not going to be too beat up. I'm not. I mean, rooting if, for them necessarily, but like watching the Rams go zero and two. Would be I mean, it's a three. It's a. It's a. I think it's a three o'clock game. So, like, if the Saints win and I'm walking out the stadium and you told me the Rams are going to lose, like, you know, Atlanta would be 1-1, one and one, but whatever, the Saints would be 2-0 and oh in the division. Like, I'd feel pretty good about it because that'd be – that'd put the Rams – like, you start you start 2-0 and oh and you start 0-2, oh it, it doesn't feel like it's – your season's over – but man, it really like your odds of playoff is is so flipped. Well, the seventeenth game helps a little bit, but yeah, zero yeah, and two is tough. And, but you know, anyway, I, I think it's one of those games. I I, I told you this last week. Like I kind of forgot how much I hated the Rams <laughs> until I watched right. until I watched them get their heads kicked in, and I I was surprised surprised myself with how much know. I enjoyed it, and. So now I'm kind of at a point where, like, I think the Rams-Falcons game is going to be really enjoyable for me to hate watch. Yeah, I mean... Because, like, no no matter what, like, any good play means something bad happened for one of the teams. And, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consume it that way, where no matter what happens, it's bad for someone. And I basically hate everyone on that field, so it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, it's... I hate the like I hate the Rams not just because of the no call like they have tormented the Saints over and over again in the old NFC West days. But oh, completely. Uh, we got a bunch of people and we're gonna get to them in a second. We got Budridge. We got a, two uh, two words. Two words. Flipper Anderson. <laughs> that's right. Before we get to before we get to the the game of ta- the 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 game against the uh, Tampa Bay Brady Nears or whatever you want to call them. Uh, the injury reports, Andrew, today were freaking extensive for both teams. Uh, let's start with the Saints. I was told Paulson Adebo's ankle was minor. He's still not practicing. I'm a little worried. Like, you know? Yeah. Does, does his ankle you. have the run or what's I'm, going on? I I was told there was hope he would play last week. So the fact that he's still missing practice, I mean, you know how it is. Ankle injuries are like hamstring injuries. They can linger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can think yeah. you're pretty close. You can have a setback. You know, once once you have that scar tissue, it's easy to kind of re-sprain it, and you think it's worse than it is, and then the next day it feels a little bit better. So, you know, uh, I, I, I am worried about that specifically because Bradley Roby was a – was, was a, a consistent was... a consistent target <laughs> he was that the Falcons away. were going after, and you know Brady saw that tape, and you know that Brady's going to go after him. And, and, a... And, a, and a matchup situation where he's you know Lattimore is going to be on Mike Evans, so a situation where he's guarding Julio Jones, um, 
Bradley Roby, I mean, that that makes – I know Julio isn't the guy he used to be, but I still think that's a favorable matchup. I don't know, man. He looked watch. pretty He looked pretty spry against the Cowboys. Uh, you know, and it's Julio is one of those things like Tampa might get like four good weeks out of him. But the Saints – Yeah, but it's early, in, it's early in the season, so he's fresh. Yeah, yeah. The, the Saints injury report – Besides Debo, it, it was it's long, but everybody was limited in practice. Cam Jordan, Alvin Kamara, Marcus May, Traquan Smith, Dwayne Washington, Jameis Winston, Landon Young, Mark Ingram, Calvin Throckmorton, uh, and Elante Taylor. They were all limited. A lot of that's probably, yeah. You, you didn't you didn't say Pete Werner. That's good. I know. So like, I feel like a lot of that's like rest day. You know, it's Wednesday. Cam Cam Jordan, he's he'll be fine. And and a lot well, of this- I, I think when you look at limited, you know, as long as they either stay limited or maybe even progress to full, it's fine. everything's fine. I think you, the ones where you worry about is where you see limited and then a DNP on a subsequent day, you know, or that oh, I, like that's that's a sign maybe they're not going to go. But yeah, I, I would say at this point, um, well, Paulson Adebo is the only DNP, right? Yeah, that, the- that's actually pretty. That's actually pretty good. The the thing is though the Tampa injury report was just as extensive. Um, they have a bunch of dudes that are were uh, injured. Of course, you know. Of course, uh, Tom Brady he didn't practice because he's Tom Brady and he gets a rest day. Uh, but- did he go to a Did he go on vacation to Aruba? For a day? <laughs> he he, he masked singer. Get some Botox. Yeah. Uh, was was Giselle mad that he fake retired? <laughs> she is mad. She's giving out. She's giving out interviews. She Did is. You see that interview in like Elle magazine yeah, or whatever it was? She was mad. Like, yeah. I mean, I know there was a lot of us that were like, uh, when, even when he did it, we're like, he's not really retiring. We kind of knew it. Apparently, Giselle thought the retirement was real because she. <laughs> Is pissed, but the the Tampa Bay injury report: Mike Evans, Lattimore's son, limited; Leonard Fournette, hamstring limited; uh, Perryman limited. Trist- Here's the thing with the Bucks: it's a little bit concerning for them. Tristan Wirfs, their left tackle, he was limited. DNP Brady rest. Russell Gage hamstring. Chris Godwin hamstring. Julio Jones knee. Zion McCollum hamstring, and De- and Donovan Smith. DNP. Here's the thing. Like, I'm still mad they got Zion McCollum. By the way, yeah. I mean, he the, the play of those two names together was so Pelicansy. I mean, not anyway. Yeah. Just uh, uh, so so yeah. I mean, obviously Julio with the knee is probably he he's limited, so he they're probably just managing him. But Chris Godwin is probably going to miss this game, and Donovan Smith is a big one to watch. Their left tackle because they're so banged up on the offensive line already. They're missing so many guys. Uh, I will say I was very surprised at how effective they were running the ball. That, that was really eye opening to me against Dallas mm-hmm. because, you know, Fournette, you know, there was all the talk about how overweight he was. This off yeah. I was told he was how, 800 pounds. Yeah. And, and that he couldn't run anymore. And so, you know, obviously Fournette tore it up in that game and well over a hundred yards and the bucks ran the ball really effectively. So that kind of caught me off guard, honestly, because I really felt like, Maybe up front, they weren't going to put it together, but they really struggled in the red zone. They had to settle for a bunch of field goals, mm. and the passing game wasn't really happening. So pass protection-wise, uh, look, 
Tampa's also a team that we knew is very good defensively, and they absolutely showed that. They mauled the Cowboys. They knocked Dak Prescott out of the game. So defensively, I, I think the Saints have their work cut out for them. We know this is a team with great linebackers. That's right. Really stout against the run, a good front seven. And uh, so I really think offensively that it's going to become like, can the Saints spread it out as they did against Atlanta in the final quarter? And can they exploit these matchups with the receivers that they have? Because I really think that the trifecta, the three-headed monster of Michael Thomas, Olave, and uh, Jarvis Landry is, is, is a significant matchup problem for any team, even the Tampa Bay Bucks. And so if they're going to make hay, like pass protection is going to have to be good. Uh, but – Man, like I go into this matchup and my head immediately goes to like, I can tell you right now, if both sides of our line play the way they did against Atlanta, we're not winning this game, not even close. So, you know, that's who I know Dennis Allen is calling out, uh, the play up front. And I would say even more so on the defensive line because the offensive line, like they kind of gave me what I expected, honestly. Like maybe, maybe they can play a little bit better than that, but like, that, and I'm not saying they're going to give up four sacks necessarily every week. And, and some of the sacks were on Jameis. Some of them were on Kamara. But, like, the offensive line is maybe they can play a little bit better. But like, se- the, this- the Saints offensive line, their ceiling is pretty good. Like, they can be, they're not going to be great. They're going to be pretty good. Yeah. But they're going to have a lot of days like they had in Atlanta, where, especially on the road, where they struggle. Like that's right, but the defensive line, I would have said their ceiling is one of the best in the league. They got shot. And 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 they, they had one quarterback hit, no sacks. I I'm pretty sure Patterson just got another first down just now. <laughs> yeah. So the defensive line, like was terrible. Absolutely. And it awful felt in that game. different. Andrew, it felt different from other games that the Saints have struggled against, read option teams, the Eagles the last two times, other teams. It felt different because I feel like when they play the Eagles and they played the Eagles, it has been Jalen Hurts busting a couple runs and the Sanders guy for the Eagles gets loose. And yeah, the running numbers are terrible. And you can't, and, and I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, well, if you take away, if you take away four of the carries that they got a hundred and, 35 yards on then they only ran for 85 yards i'm not that guy but it would always be like a couple of catastrophe run plays right and you'd be like oh my god kwan alexander didn't fill the gap and the dude's running free and it happens three or four times atlanta i felt like it was different because i felt like atlanta was just running belly plays and it was like six yards eight yards ten yards like they just just said, Saints, you can't block us. And they just ground them into the dirt, which is concerning as far yeah. as they no, just shoved that, them that, around. That drive, no, that, I completely agree with you. It's really well said. And that drive where the Saints were up 7-3 to three, and the Falcons went down and scored to make it 10-7, that drive in particular, I just felt like they went right down the heart of the defense like a hot butter through knife. Uh, sorry. Like a hot knife. That's a full Ralph. Wow, that was a full Ralph. Holy, that my wife does that all the time. By the way, that was terrible. Uh, but you know that that's what it felt like—like like a hot knife through butter. It was just like it, the Saints knew it was coming; they could do nothing to stop it. And Patterson was just kind of at will. And and, and look, I don't want to make too much of it because 
First game of the season, we know those guys didn't play in the preseason. And that's the trade-off. You get healthy players, hopefully, but the trade-off is they, they don't get a lot of reps. They might be a little bit that's rusty. Right. And the Saints played their best football in the fourth quarter. And that's a sign that, you know, they were starting to strap in. They were starting that's to right. kind of knock off the cobwebs or whatever. So my hope is that they will be able to bring that into the first quarter of the Bucks game and play four quarters. And I am also resting my hopes and laurels on the fact that, you know, look, this Tampa team, it's a good matchup for the Saints. They always get up for the for this team. Yeah. They, there, there is a – call it an artificial confidence or whatever, but I just feel like anytime they play Tampa, we know the Saints are bringing The Saints, it. not only do they not fear Tampa, they kind of have a really, really healthy, fun disrespect for Tampa. Saints Happy Hour is doing a live show at Port Orleans on Friday, September 16th. Join us as we get ready for the Saints 2022 home opener versus Tom Brady and the Bucks. It will be a fun night of laughs and Saints talk with the Saints Happy Hour crew. The show starts at 7 p.m. You need to RSVP at saintshappyhour.com to make sure you get the free The Boys Are Back in Town souvenir cup featuring the Honey Badger and Jarvis Landry so you can fill it up with beer for your first drink at just three bucks with all the proceeds going to support Team Gleason. So do it. Go to saintshappyhour.com and RSVP for the Saints Happy Hour live show at Port Orleans on September 16th. We will see you there. And who dat? Have you been thinking of becoming a Saints Happy Hour patron? We have an offer you can't refuse. Sign up, and if you don't think Saints Happy Hour is the best daily Saints podcast and you aren't having a blast chatting on our private Discord channel with other Saints fans, we will refund your money. No questions asked. If you sign up at the $10 level, you can even keep our Boost Bundle welcome gift after the refund. You have absolutely nothing to lose, so go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. Podcast ads are the worst, right? Everyone hates them. You can get Saints Happy Hour ad-free by becoming a patron. That's right. Patrons get access to every show ad-free. No ads ever. You also get breaking Saints news podcast, Saints player grades, early access to shows, and behind-the-scenes access. Plus, you get access to our Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7 in private with other Saints Happy Hour listeners. And you get our world-famous booze bundle with four swag items. Amazing. So sign up and never have to suffer through another ad again. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com. That's SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. I mean, the leader is gone. Like, that's the thing that worries me, too. Like, CD, like, last year, he not only did the meme where he, he stood up to Tom Brady and, and laughed at him, but, like, he had a big pick in the second game. The first game, he had a huge turnover, a pick that set up a touchdown. Like, CD was a big part of that, so they'll need somebody to replace that. But the Saints, like, they don't respect Tampa. Like, and that makes it. This, this matchup more than any other, Ralph is the one where I really hate not having CD. Like, I, <laughs> like can we just we, have we a talk, we, we, we talked this, we talk this situation through, and I felt like that was a move the Saints had to make. We, we, we've already talked about this. We've explained it. We, I know a bunch of Saints fans hate it, but I felt like they were at a path of uh, where they couldn't move forward. Right. Right? Like, they were their path of, of – it, it was just it was just time. It was a collision course with – his contract and the Saints weren't going to extend them. And it was like, 
They didn't want to get into a situation where they have a disgruntled player on their roster, so they had to make that move. But if there's one – like, I'm going to miss Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He's a good player. But, like, this, man, this, this is, is the game where that's I feel right. it the most. Yeah, and, and – um... We'll see. And, and the thing Cause, is, because because as, as much as we talk about Mike Evans being Marshawn Lattimore's bitch, I feel like the entire Bucks roster is Chauncey Gardner Johnson's bitch. <laughs> it is, and and the, you know that the Bucks are going to hear it all week and like it four straight regular season losses by Brady. And by the way, Brady has thirty three percent of his interceptions with the Bucks are to the Saints. Like he is a low key. That's a great stat. He is a low. He's got 25 interceptions with the Bucks for two years in one game. Eight of them are against the Saints. Like he, like the Saints just own him, and you know he wants to. You know he wants to turn it around against the Saints. So you know you're going to get Brady's best shot. Um, but the positives for the Saints to me is not every offense in the NFL can do what the Saints did against Atlanta where you can go from garbage for three quarters. And let's be real. The Saints offense the first three quarters was a Taysom Hill run. That was it basically, right? And they went from that to 100 miles an hour to looking incredible. And that, that fourth quarter, they were the Death Star. It was incredible. It was It was like it was it was peak breeze throwing a Colston and Lance Moore and Meacham with a bomb that Devery sprinkled in. Like that yeah. that's what that was, offense was and that's what Jameis was doing to that yeah. second. It was like it was you know what it was? It was 2011 Saints passing game. That's what that was. You know. I want to see four four quarters. I want to cuz cuz Jameis like if we get four quarters of that he's thrown for 500 yards. Dude, oh my god, that would be amazing. Like cuz the thing is you beat Tampa. Jameis looks good. People, they'll pay attention. Like the, the everybody's not really paying attention to the Saints because it's it's Atlanta and Atlanta's terrible, and a lot of the national media is invested in the Saints being bad. So like they're not going to pay attention. Jameis goes and he cooks and he lights up the Bucks. People have to pay attention. Uh, I almost I almost don't think it matters uh, how the Saints look if they beat Tampa by any means. They're two and zero. They're in first place in the NFC South. Everyone else has a loss. And I I, I think, Ralph, like, you, you can start peacocking at that point. <laughs> you I'm can t- start You can start going on Twitter like you're a peacock. I, and I can't the, wait. Start fluffing those feathers and letting all the nerds know. They're like, hey, I've been keeping receipts. I'm ready. I'm ready to present all these arguments that you made in the offseason season. That told me that the Saints are going to be terrible. I like, got blocked Ralph, today, Ralph. I kind of feel like this is the tip of the iceberg here. It is. I, it's. I got blocked. I think I got blocked today. I did get blocked today by a couple of people for USA Today because I got. I know the names because they were like the Saints gave up a pick. Why are they? Why are they putting comp- compensatory picks at risk signing Andy Dalton? And I was like, Dallas has Cooper Rush. Their season is sunk. That's why the Saints went and got Andy Dalton. And you look. You look at the Saints compared to Dallas. Dallas is what all the nerds think the Saints roster is. It's poorly constructed. It didn't have a lot of depth. They screwed up. And Dallas, they 
are bottom five in actual cash spending. You think of Dallas as like, oh, Jerry's trying to win the Super Bowl. He's old. He's got Dak and this and that. Dallas, they don't spend cash. They call it cash over cap. They don't spend like the Saints. And, and Dallas's roster is kind of a mess. Uh, but Andrew, Olave scores a touchdown. The Saints win. Austin Gale, Mina Kynes, Barnwell already blocked me, so that's not a problem. Tanner from you, like I'm gonna, it's gonna be a block party, and they're gonna be block, they're gonna be, they're gonna be blocking me, hopefully better than uh, Tampa blocks Sunday. I'm not even lying. I like it. <laughs> so we got some people that want to talk. Budridge, what you got for us, and what's the what's the key to the game Sunday? Yeah, so. Now, I went back and looked at Tampa's injury report, and you know they're not going to have their left tackle. They're not going to have Chris Godwin. They're, I think left tackle is going to play. I think he's going to sh- he's going to shoot up that elbow. And he's going to try to go. Yeah, yeah, I could see them. He's he's no Toronto Armstead though. He's it's not like he's going to still put up like above average starter levels, being at sixty percent. He yeah. Let Let's not forget that when he was healthy, he couldn't block Trey Hendrickson. <laughs> Oh yeah, like, and their offensive line depth is so bad. I'm pretty sure Peyton Turner could probably get three sacks on Tom Brady. Ooh, Lord, let's not go crazy. Let's not go crazy. Peyton, okay. Peyton Turner rebirth. Uh, I, okay. I'll, I'll, with Peyton Turner, I'll settle for one tackle right now. Yeah, if he Peyton Turner kick, gets one, yeah, if Peyton Turner gets one sack on Tom Brady, I'm doing I'm doing a shoey, like because <laughs> I think I think it's perfectly capable because even at right tackle who's pretty good Tristan Wirfs he's not even going to be 100% because he's still dealing with that oblique injury I mean he's going to play but he ain't going to be 100% he, he's not going to be you know his usual self so Tom Brady is just going to have to get rid of that ball with a bunch of slants and hitch routes because he if he has to wait for a route to develop he's getting he's going to get sacked yeah. you know guys uh you know, my, my former UDFA adopted son, Carl Grace. Granderson, he always plays well against the Bucks. He does. I feel like he gets three sacks a season, and, and two of them are Tom Brady. I feel like that. <laughs> I, 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 maybe I'm making that up, but I just, it, it feels, feels that way. It feels yeah. accurate. We got Kevin. Kevin's in the, in the space with us. Kevin, I'm super excited for Friday. I'm going to try to get the Bro Mart fail cake. And me and you can eat it during the show, just to go. Yeah, man, I figure that'll be that'll be the contributions that I can make uh, during the live <laughs> podcast. Is just just get just fatten me up during the show. That's right. We can give we can give uh, we can give food reviews. But yeah, but Kevin, I now, was... now Ke- Kevin, I know you haven't been drinking much beer lately, but we're going to be at a brewery. So are you going to partake in beers? I mean, look, if I, I mean we're. We're at a brewery. I assume there'll be somebody there with enough knowledge who can say, you know, here's something that that you'll find palatable, and I will I will drink beer. I will drink beer. I will not be the I will not be the uh, the asshole who's like, oh, do you have any cocktails or fine liqueurs do, or do whatever? You, do you have I any can... hard kombucha? Yeah, right. I'm not going to be that guy. It's just going to be look just. Here's here's what I prefer, uh, you know, taste wise. So just let me try a beer. So Kevin, last year when they played the Bucks, we just as far as like comedy, 
for a game like me and you, it couldn't have been any better, right? We had the we had the CD pose against Brady. We had Brady breaking the tablet, um, and of course, the Saints social media team are in stadium. They love to be petty when they like compare cities. I think they're going to make fun of Brady breaking the tablet some kind of way. Because CD's gone, can we rub the C? I mean, I can on social media. Obviously, I throw the meme in Tampa's face all the time of CD. But will the Saints do it Sunday during the game? And what could happen that would possibly be more amazing than what happened last year on Sunday night? I'm trying to think of it. It's hard to think of something that would be. Um, I mean, it would basically have to be. Uh... You know, shy Tuttle reenacting the Matt Ryan uh, move with Tom Brady, but 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 then again, that would require Tom Brady to actually drag his sorry ass over. Never, uh, never gonna happen. on on defense. Like never. I guarantee you, if he throws a pick, no, he's not he's not running more than ten yards uh, to or even five yards to really make an effort for it. But if he did, I would like to see whoever gets the ball or one of the blockers just knock him right on his candy ass. I think that would be tremendous. Okay. What would also be great is if he tries, is if Tom decides to get brave and, uh, you know, he's got that TB12 flowing in his veins. He gets brave. He tries to pull a Josh Allen and scramble and tries stiff arming <laughs> a defender. I would love it. If if Latim if he tries stiff arming like Lattimore or something, and Lattimore just grabs him by the arm and yanks his sorry old ass down. I, yeah, Tree, we got some bigger uh, Trees, and then we're gonna go to Trees, and then we're gonna freaking about football. Trees, what you got for us? Hey, um, well, we all know um, that matchup can be dicey. I think that Tom Brady, even with his O line um, playing the way he played. They still was able to squeak out, well, we're going to say an impressive win because their defense only gave up three points. However, when we look at the scores, we beat them 9 nothing in Tampa. That's right. Now, I'm going to be at the game Sunday, yes. and I think what I'm pretty much looking forward to is, I know y'all remember you getting into it with him when he played for Kansas City, right? So we still got honey bags yeah, that's right. That's right. on that back end that can potentially be a terrorizer. Now, I know for a fact that Honey Badger probably not going to say some of the things that CD was saying. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, I'm intrigued to see how that matchup is going to be. I mean, not everybody talking about Mike Evans. Granted, I know he got his – he's going to do everything in his power to be on that field. However, case in point, we have to be alert and we have to be accounted for um, Julio Jones because me seeing him, he looked like – He looked young. Man, he's TB12, man. Julio. He looked young. He looked young. I didn't yes. like it. Trees, here's my question, and I'm torn on this because the, we got we got Honey Badger's debut right in the dome. We got right. Landry. Right. We got we got mm-hmm. we got Juice Landry. But the Saints, they usually they're not going to announce both sides of the ball. What name do we want announced running out the tunnel with the flames? Like, do we want it, Honey? No, Badger? no, 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 I, no, no. I think the question is who does the who dot chant between oh, the two Oh, that's players. right. Okay, great question. Um, if we had to do a toss up, right? Uh, I would say let Juice do it. Juice, yeah, or the bomb that really brings to win that game. So I think if anybody should do it, I think we should let him lead the chant. This I week. think you let Juice. That's a great point, Andrew. You let Juice lead the who that chant, but you announce the defense 
so you can you can the crowd can get pumped for Honey Badger running out. The I, I I I just think that when you consider the slap in the face that is Juice Landry's contract and, and the first game that he gave you the value that he just gave you in Week One with that BS contract that they gave him. The least they can do is let him do the Hootah I mean, chant. That's the least that's, they can do. For the Packers, the Cowboys, the Colts. That's just three teams. Why they didn't pay him, I have no idea. Like, somebody, a Green Bay Packer fan was like, we had Randall Cobb and, and Sammy Watkins. I'm like, I've heard that story before where your coach says, we like the room. We live that life with the Saints. You're delusional, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Before you run out of here, give us a game prediction. Give us a score. Um, I want to say, uh, I want to say low scoring. Like my gut tells me low scoring. I don't think we're gonna get into no shootout because you have two good defenses on the field. Um, I just, I don't. I want to see James chuck it around, but I want to see us start fast. Like I want us to score I, soon as the game come on. I I predicted thirteen seven. Is that too low? That's too low. Uh, kind of. That's too low. I want to say, um, oh, 17. No, that's too low. I want to say 28, 21. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, but then no. that mean our defense will still give up 20-something. I don't want to see our defense give up 20-nothing. Yeah, it might be. It might be some garbage. These might be some garbage touchdowns, you know? Like, Probably. Like Probably. just – Brady throwing. Maybe maybe the Saints can beat them. And thanks for joining us, Trees. You know what, Andrew? You know what would be the best thing would be the Saints beat the Bucks so bad they white flag it and we get Blaine Gabbert. I mean, like in two thousand nine, where the Patriots put through the white flag and and I mean, Brady. dude, uh, dude, we got a live podcast on Friday. I'm going up to LSU for the Mississippi State game on Saturday. Let's say they win that. And then that happens on Sunday. Ralph, I mean, I don't know that, like, I need to live anymore after experiencing that. <laughs> I said that – I said to this this on friend of the program, Gus Cattengill, on his show today. I said – because Taysom Hill got held on the punt at the end of the Saints-Falcon game. And if he wouldn't have gotten the, – the, the Atlanta dude basically tackled him or he would have blocked that punt. If Taysom Hill would have blocked that punt – Kevin and the Saints would have won and beat Atlanta because of that. I think I just would have turned to pure joy and just ascended to heaven, and I would no longer be on this earth. Unmute yourself, Kevin. You and a few other uh, Taysom Hill super fans. I mean, um, not, not, Taysom's not a good quarterback, but he's fun. I mean, he's fun as like a do everything kind of player, you know? Right. Like, I mean, he was running. I enjoyed him running. I enjoyed them passing the ball to him. But again, like he's, he is, he's also a noted Falcon killer. He is. Hall right. He's a, he's, he is what Tim Tebow. In the punt block thing, which, you know, we have history now with the Falcons with Gleason and Michael Motti. Like we blocked the Falcons punts. Like that's a thing now. <laughs> so he'll doing it. I don't know. Anyway. I was just gonna say he is he is the Mormon Tim Tebow, except better. Better. I mean, he's if we did if if we if we ever do like a Falcons killer Saints Happy Hour bracket in the summer, 
Taysom's probably a number one seed. Like him and Drew and Cam Jordan. Like he, Cam Jordan. I, dude, I might pick Cam Jordan over Drew Brees, honestly. I mean, That's the thing top is – Top Falcon skill. Falcon, I, I, of course, after the Saints won't beat them and, and, and crush their soul, like I lurked on Falcons' websites and on Twitter. They hate Taysom Hill. and They just – in a visceral way, the fact that he wrecks them, it just bothers them, them to their core, and it's great. Freaking about football, what you got for us tonight? What, what's happening Sunday? Uh, well, first, uh, firstly, I know Butterick said about the injury report. That injury report's a complete lie. They're all playing. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, 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 if you wanted to cure any disease, just have – a person with that disease sign on the opponent and i guarantee you that cure will come out Sorry. like yeah the, I, I i don't trust that injury report at all ralph you, ralph if you sign with the bucks you might have two good i got i sign with yeah. the bucks and i can i can uh, not practice wednesday thursday friday sunday i'll have two working arms and my limp will be completely gone all right um and then as far as the game on sunday like like, if you just look on paper, you think, okay, the Saints have a really good shot here. Because, like, you know, their D-line D should dominate Bucks O-line. But whenever we think that, the Saints D-line literally looks like they're moving in slow motion. That's right. Like, it's, it's weird. Um, I'm worried about, because, like, I know the Saints comeback. That was awesome. And But if you look at it, like, Atlanta kind of called their dogs off for a while. And, like, they stopped sending, like, those blitzes. And I think, like, that yeah, really I, I don't know. Like, the, the Atlanta in the fourth quarter, I don't know what they were doing. Like, yeah. e- like every decision they made was wrong. Let's not blitz. Oh. Let's not go for it on fourth and one. It was just, it was just incomprehensible. Yeah. And so, and the Bucks aren't going to do that. And the Bucks, like, listen, Devin White, like, I know he has his flaws, but he is really good at blitzing. And, like... If the Saints don't, like, even show up, like, aren't even average, like, they were, like, horrible versus the Blitz against Atlanta. And, like, I'm worried about that aspect of it. And hopefully that comes with, like, more reps and everything with the O-line. But, like, that's my biggest worry about that. And, yeah. Well, you know, you know, honestly, though, freaking freaking about about football, football. like, I, I, I don't know that I worry about that as much because, first of all, remember, they were on the road. And, and and that is a really really big difference when you're when you're starting and and you know James Hurst is at left tackle and you're, you're trying to get your bearings you're trying to develop chemistry you didn't play a lot together in the preseason going on the road and, and I was in that stadium it wasn't that loud. I mean it was loud but yeah I, I obviously every Saints game I've ever been to is much louder than that but you know it's still difficult from a communication standpoint they were going with the silent count and so. You know, from a ID, it's it's just much easier to play at home. So I do think while the offensive line may struggle, I think some of the communication issues they had, they're going to obviously heighten the importance this week in terms of getting on the same page with what they need to do. I think they're going to put a lot more time to task with their protection plan because obviously that was a big problem area. And I think that coupled with coming back home and – this being an opponent like this, be serious. They know this opponent very well. And as good as the Bucks are, and defensively, they're very, very good. I think that, and we know this, when there's familiarity with your opponent and you play them twice a year 
And not a lot has changed with that team. It's a lot of the same guys. Uh, you know their weaknesses. E even if there's very few of them, you know how to play them. And so I, I do think there was – and some, some of you might say, well, Atlanta's the same, but they're really not because now Mariota's their quarterback and this is Arthur Smith's second year as a coach. And I just think their offense with Mariota changed completely because Matt Ryan was a statue back there, right? He was, he was actually a really easy guy to sack if you get pressure – Whereas Mariota, the plan was a lot different. They were in zone defense a lot of times. They were only rushing three or four. They were kind of daring him to be accurate. And so it was just a different game plan. And so Atlanta and Atlanta had nine new starters on defense too, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but anyway, I, I think being at home and spending extra time, like I, I'm hopeful that the offensive line will be better. To me, look, the defensive line sucked all of preseason. And, and we didn't see Davenport because he well, – actually, he was injured the whole time. Cam Jordan didn't play at all. But, like, Peyton Turner was bad. Contavious Street wasn't that good. We didn't need to really see – the only one that was good was Malcolm Roach, and he's hurt. Yeah. He was the only, he was the only one that played well. So, can't, uh, Carl Granderson didn't do anything in the preseason. And so, like, I, we said this at the end of the preseason. I'm like, I'm, I'm sure it will come together when the starters get in, but, like, I'm a little worried about the, this front four and you know Onyemata like he's Onyemata's going like on a year now of, of being disappointing and I just feel like this defensive line like it's put up or shut up time because they, they, they've invested a lot of draft picks they've invested a lot of money and they're, they're supposed to be really deep with a good rotation and like if they're not going to step up and live up to the potential now then I'm starting to worry that their defensive line is not nearly as good as we thought. Kevin, the one thing the last two years that always gave me confidence that the Saints could win against Tampa was when I looked across that sideline and saw Tampa, I saw Bruce Arians with the bomb strapped to his chest, uh, and I thought he was a clown. And it gave me this warm, happy feeling. I'm going to miss Bruce Arians and his bomb or whatever the hell he's strapped to his chest. They're going to have like a real coach now. I miss, uh, I miss the condensation on the face shield too. Yeah. That, was, that was a nice touch. Do you have less confidence now that they have a, 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 a coach that will actually look like a coach? Yeah, sorry. I had to unmute myself again. Um, I mean, Todd Bowles – I don't know. He got the Jets, man. He got the Jets to 10 wins. That's like that's like a superpower practically. I just I mean, I, I guess that's uh I mean Arians did win. Wait, they did they won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl with him. He looked like a clown though. That's what I'm saying. Like Well, right, but I mean like he was First, it's it's not that uh, shoot now I'm, I've lost my train of thought. Sorry. Okay, so he so he looked goofy on the sideline and in the face shield and was part of that uh, silly gif of like people having goofball reactions, including the uh, <laughs> like the uh, the the groundhog or whatever it was. But he was a he was a, an okay coach just for whatever reason. The like he the Saints had his number. I don't know enough with Raheem Morris to just to, to feel Bowles. like, oh yeah, this guy. Like, I, I don't feel like 
oh yeah, you know, we've got this guy's number or, or, uh, yeah, he's a tough coach. I don't know. Like jury's out on him. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to, Andrew, I'm going to miss Bruce Arians. I always felt like he, like. I, I just enjoyed that his face would get so red. It does. And he, he would get really mad about bad calls by the refs, like even more mad than Sean Payton. He would kind of <laughs> lose it. He was kind of awful in press conferences. He's a really sore loser. He would yeah. throw his own players under the bus. Yeah, he did. Like, that, Sean Payton never really did that. Yeah. I mean, you, you had, Sean Payton had to really hate you as a player. Like, you know, we're talking Charles Brown. I've seen enough. Like you had to really piss. Sean I feel Payton like, and, and I feel him. like Tom Brady got Arians fired. I really do. Like yeah, Tom, Tom Brady's like, get that, that so, guy out of here. I, I feel like even though they won a Super Bowl, like I just feel like there was a constant state of disarray, discomfort, uh, chaos with him. That and it wasn't like a Sean Payton kind of chaos. It was like I legitimately hate you, chaos, <laughs> and so. Hmm. And obviously, look, Arians has had some success, but also his style. Like, again, the, the face shield, and he wears, like, those Kojak hats, you yeah, know, uh, socially. And I don't know. Like, uh, he's an easy target. He's easy yeah. to make fun of. My, Todd, Todd Bowles, to me, is more like, man, kind of – he's kind of a likable guy. He is. kind of, You know, he's kind of solid. Like, I don't know. I, Todd Bowles, like – I look at him and I actually like respect him as a pretty good coach. I don't like him. That's honest. why I, I'd rather Irish. Mario, yeah. what you got for us tonight? How's this game going Sunday? Oh, good. I'm actually going to the LSU game Saturday too, uh, Randy, uh, Andrew, like you are. I'll be there. But I'm, I'll probably watch a game at home, the Saints game Sunday. What's it going to be? What's the score going to be? Well, yeah, give us both actually. What, what do you think about the LSU game? Give me a score there and then Saints game. Well, I was, I was seeing something on uh, Facebook t- today. Uh, uh, today, uh, the day uh, Andrew that uh, Mark May and Lou Holtz think it might be a close game Saturday. They were saying. Yeah, I think I think LSU is at twenty-seven, twenty-three. That's right, and 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 for people that aren't big like X's and O's people. They play Mississippi State. Mississippi State is Mike Leach. They run the air raid, which basically is the passing equivalent of like playing the wishbone. It's this weird passing offense that like all your rules and stuff for defense go out the window and you have to play at a really – basically the way Bo Pelini played it is the absolute wrong way to play it. Basically what you do when you play the air raid is you rush three and you drop eight and you just – Try to make the quarterback make difficult. So, so you're saying this is going to be like a 61 to 55 kind of game? No, I mean I don't think so. I think LSU. I think LSU is going to play. I think LSU is going to. I think LSU is going to play better. And Mike Leach teams have never been known for defense. So I think LSU will move. I think Daniels will move the ball. They'll throw the ball. LSU is going to win, man. LSU is going to be. LSU is going to win six, seven games this year. From, from oh, oh, let's not do the uh, Tulane rough shot sound clip, please. <laughs> no, we can't, uh, we can't play sound bites. But I, I would be pumped if they won. Mar- Mario, you got a score for us in the Saints Bucks game? Well, it might be a close game. Maybe Saints by a touchdown. All right. I like, I like it. that. I nice. like Thanks, Mario. You know, here, here's an interesting thing, Andrew. 
the Saints, the receivers, we've talked about it all 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 off season. We're excited about it. Um do you feel I feel like there's potential for this group to sort of be like in the 2000 the, the stretch where Breeze was at his apex where it was kind of a different guy every week like like even though they have Michael Thomas and he scored two touchdowns he only had 60 yards like I don't think Landry's going to be putting up I mean it would be cool if he if he, if Landry wants to go and have another seven catch 120 yard game and th- score a couple tutties that's cool but I just have this feeling that these three receivers you know Michael Thomas Landry Olave I feel like it's going to each week's going to be a different guy, and it's going to be great for the actual football and hard for teams to scheme against. Fantasy people will hate it, but I feel like it's going to be – it could be a different guy each week. And we haven't even talked about Kamara. I mean, he's banged up, but he's play, they said he's going to play. So, I mean, you know, I think it, this, this offense, if it starts to hum and play good every week like it did in the fourth quarter, I really feel like there's potential that it'll be a different guy every week making the plays. Well, what I can tell you is that I have a fantasy football team, and I picked (laughs) Justin Jefferson as my first receiver. Uh, Then in the later round, I got Debo Samuel as my second receiver. And Michael Thomas, now this wasn't like a league with Saints fans, you know, not a lot of Saints people. So, and, and, you know, like the seventh round or something, Michael Thomas was still there, and I took him. So, like, those are my three receivers, and obviously it's just one week, but my fantasy I mean that's a stacked, that's a stacked roster. Trey, well, Trey Lance, he, I don't know what to make of him. He was playing in the bowl. He was playing in a bowl of soup in Chicago. So I don't know what to make of him. KB, what you got for us tonight? Hey guys, how are y'all doing? I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing good. Uh, I was thinking of. I was thinking of you. I know your Jalen Hurts is your guy. I know he he looked pretty good. They had Philadelphia looked pretty good. Although their defense looked atrocious, but their yeah, offense was looking. Sorry. Good. Gannon yeah. is terrible at his job. He's so te- he's so bad. I don't know. Like I look at Philadelphia and I'm like, what are you do-? like? I don't know. I did. I did watch the all 22 of that game, and I almost threw my laptop out of a three story building. <laughs> How did CD look? How did CD look? But I actually, I did watch some of the Saints tape as well. So I'm excited for next week. I hope it's. I, you know, I kind of know what I'm looking to see, and I kind of hope that uh, the defensive plan is a little bit better than it was last week. I was a little disappointed in the defense uh, last week, but a little, a lot, <laughs> a lot. Dude, I need Cam Jordan's big, expensive ass to do something besides just stand there once in a while. He goes like whole drives where he's just not doing anything well his excuse is that he's at least old and that he's been an iron man and he's never missed games uh kb how are you feeling well you know i'm not ready to get all panicky on marcus davenport because he missed a lot of time in camp and you know he's figuring out how to play with the finger and we know he's explosive but i i'm i'm curious are you worried that Onyemata is kind of reaching a Cedric Ellis point here where, like, you know, Ellis was really good for a couple of years and then he just fell off a cliff? Are you worried that we're kind of getting there with Onyemata? I don't know. I mean, I could see your point to that, but I, I don't know. Like, they kind of, like, 
the scheme, the way they scheme things, just the whole like linebacker, like DB, the whole defense just involves so many moving parts and the way that they draw people into coverage and switch people around. Like, I don't know, like it does require a physicality aspect that I don't know if I necessarily think he will continue to have going forward. Same thing with Davenport. Like there are times where if he's not healthy, he doesn't necessarily fit in the defense. Right. Like, but really what you make up for that physical loss of physicality is mentality, right? Being a smart defensive player. And that starts up front. It goes to linebacker core and then in through the DB in DBs and corners. But I don't know. I, I see the concerns there. I didn't think the physicality was there. There was, they were getting bullied for some parts of the game on, on Sunday, but they're going to have to rush the passer because this year, this week, the Bucks' offensive line is horrendous. They're missing like a whole bunch of key pieces, and if they start hitting Tom Brady, that's where you get bad, frustrated Tom Brady. So they're going to have to come to play, whether that's corner blitz, etc. They're going to have to put, you know, they're going to have to rush the passer well this week. And the thing is, too, is KB, and that's a great point. Is the thing about Tom Brady is. And it's 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 like this way with all quarterbacks, but especially once the quarterback gets to the mid thirties and older, Tom Brady, you hit him repeatedly. He goes from being the greatest quarterback of all time and doing things at forty five that are ridiculous to current Joe Flacco. Like the the difference is that stark. Like if they. We've seen it. Like the Saints hit him. He turns into a dude that looks like he needs to retire. Um, And the thing is, if they can't get after Brady with a full stadium at home, in the home opener, it's a concern. And that's really my biggest thing. I'm with Andrew. I think the offensive line, I think they're going to get that. I think they'll get it tightened up. And their offensive line is never going to be great, but it, it can be good enough if they can get health luck. I really worry about defensive tackle because if Onyemata is like Andrew said. If he's regressing a little bit, and sometimes players regress and you think, oh, they're, it's not AIDS, they just aren't as good as what you they were. If Onyemata regresses to like even like league average defensive tackle, suddenly the Saints' de- defensive tackles as a group is low-key terrible. Yeah, but you know, what, you know what, Ralph? Here, here's my only thing, though. I don't even really care how the Saints look on Sunday. Like, they could look awful – and if they win, they're 2-0, and right? They're in first place in the NFC yeah. South. I will talk myself into <laughs> the, the, the fact that the NFC is horrible. Oh, the NFC is horrible. There's no doubt yeah. about it. There's also – And, and there's... so, like, I, I don't really care if the Saints are garbage. They're 2-0. and They're winning their division. They're going to the playoffs. And, like, I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> Yeah. There's also the conversation around QB pressure versus QB hits, right? That's right. For somebody like Brady, you want you need to hit the guy. Pressure just doesn't isn't enough to disrupt That's him. That's right. But for a lot of quarterbacks in the NFC, you don't have to worry about whether this team gets, you know, 20 team sacks. You can deal with getting pressure on the quarterback versus actually hitting him so if your defensive tackles your defensive line is regressing where you're not getting as many hits on the quarterback but you're still creating pressure you can live in that world most of the time 
Well, my concern though, KB, is if the Saint the, the Saints' secret sauce on this defensive resurgence under Dennis Allen has been they can suffocate your run game with a pillow while being in nickel. And that's been sort of the, in my opinion, what's made them be able to be special on defense. A lot of other things too, but that's one of the main sort of pillars of it. And if their run defense isn't that anymore, I worry about it. Because here's the thing. Once teams realize, oh, you can't stop the freaking run anymore, they jam it down your throat. We saw it when their defense was bad. Not every team. I mean, Arthur Smith, we know he did, you know, he had uh, Henry in uh, Tennessee. He's a guy that you will know, run the ball 50 times. But I slightly disagree with that because I've seen plenty of offensive coordinators were like, hey, dude, if you call a running play like three more times, you probably would have won that game. But he's like, <laughs> now nah, we're throwing. Now, nah, bro, true. we're throwing. Yeah. Now nah, we're, we're going five to one pass ratio. Sorry. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think there's a lot. Of, and, and I, honestly, Pete Carmichael might be in that group, but <laughs> I, I, I think there's a lot of coaches that just absolutely. Yeah, can't I have help offensive themselves. thoughts, but yeah, I mean, and there's some truth to that for sure. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised the Saints like run uh, run expectancy was like dead center, middle of the pack out of 32 teams. Uh, even being they got whooped up front for the first three quarters, though. Like when I started, when I went back and looked at the tape, and I started looking at what happened in the fourth quarter when they started going tempo, and James was able to rip some of these throws off to different receivers. Pass protection, press the pass protection was just so much better because there was times in the first couple of quarters where Pete and Ruiz were just getting beat over and over and over again. And it's like having a free rusher for no reason. I don't even think that Ruiz knew his assignment on like three quarters of the snaps. Well, well I, think- I, I think that's right. And I think they're so, I mean, that, that's, that comes pre-snap, you know, and I think what people need to remember, and yeah, I, I keep telling myself, I'm not going to compare Jameis to Drew Brees because it's not fair. And this is Jameis's deal now. And no one can live up to Drew just in terms of, you know, late stages Drew, like honestly, Jameis may be even better than that. Maybe not efficiency wise, but certainly capability wise, but 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 the thing that Drew always did, and you guys know this, he would always point out the blitzer, you know, and then that would help the offensive line. Like the offensive line pre-snap never really needed to do anything because Breeze did it all for them. He he identified the mic, he identified the blitzer, he he would call line checks, I and mean, he he did everything pre-snap for the Saints, and you know he, he you would hear him do it, you would hear him do it, you would hear hear all these kill 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 kill, and he's he's moving things around based on what he sees pre-snap and. Breeze half the time knew exactly what he was, he was going to do before he even snapped the ball. And, and, and like most quarterbacks in the league just don't have that. And that's what made him great. And that's what allowed him, I believe, to play into his 40s. Because half the time he was throwing the ball without even seeing where the receiver was. Because he couldn't right. see all over his offensive line. It also helps. Like for the first couple of quarters last week, every single snap, the center – and the entire offensive line with it is pushed five yards into the backfield, yeah, and it, right? So Jameis's five or seven step drop drop concepts, these you know play actions, they get two or three extra steps, and the ball comes out late because he's pushed so far back into the backfield, and he's not Kyler Murray. He's not a guy that wants <laughs> to operate ten yards behind the line of scrimmage, no, not at all. right? And these route concepts that are out routes to the 
whatever, they're not designed for the safety of time to rotate over where you're throwing into double coverage on the boundary. How many times did that happen last week? That cannot happen this week. Yeah, and another thing that I thought was interesting was the blitzes that Atlanta does with Dean Pease, he's really interesting in that he puts the offensive linemen in conflict in a sense of offensive linemen, you you know this, KB and Andrew, they, you, when you have assignments, right, as an offensive lineman, you know, hey, that blitzer is coming from this, this when, when I see a guy in the A gap or I see a guy here, this is my first re- responsibility. What Atlanta was doing, what they would show it to Ruiz and, be, and he'd be like, oh, this is my first responsibility. Then they'd slide something else and they'd put him in direct conflict where it'd be like, oh, I got to block the three technique guy, but they got a guy right by him next to him. What do I do? Ruiz, he get the blue screen of death. Jameis is getting sacked. So it was really like what Atlanta did is really interesting, which is also a problem because Dean Pease and Todd Bowles, they aren't from the same tree, coaching tree necessarily, but they are in that sort of Greg Williams school of the solution to every problem is a blitz. So I really think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see it again, KB. Where you're gonna like until yeah, the no, Saints, for sure they're gonna blitz. It's, it, until the Saints figure it out, teams are gonna blitz them. But Andrew, you had a different theory when I talked to you today. You, you, my the, Tampa's gonna blitz them until they figure it out. You had a different theory of, of what Tampa might try against the Saints, which I thought was well, interesting. Well, for, first of all, I I, I want to say I, I think. And the Saints were successful in the fourth quarters because they went four wide, you know, and they have good receivers, right? Landry, Alave, Michael Thomas. The, the, like, like we said earlier on the show, that's a matchup problem for pretty much any secondary in the league. And they split them out four wide, and there was no more timing. There was no more play action, seven-step drops that sometimes Jameis was going a little too deep. Sometimes he wasn't climbing the pocket very well. But, but they took all that out. And it was basically just take the snap out of the shotgun and start flinging the ball. And, and, and look at your matchups, look where it's favorable, and just rifle it in there. And that's what he was doing, and I think that's when they got a, little, a lot more successful throwing the ball. So, you know, honestly, and, and it's not that Jameis can't operate under center. It's not that he can't do the other stuff. But I think he was able to get in a rhythm there. And I, what I would like to see the Saints do out of the gate is actually go back to that. I don't necessarily mean two-minute two minute offense, but we know this is a tough front to run on. Why not spread them out? You know, protection-wise, I think things came clearer for the offensive line from a pass pro standpoint when the offense wasn't so complex, right? And so I, I think if you can straight up let Jameis Cook out of the shotgun, spread him out four wide for the first series, let him get into a rhythm and a chemistry – and then get more exotic and kind of bring some of the other stuff in. So that would be my vote from a Saints approach. But to get back to your question, I just wonder if Todd Bulls will say, you know what, I don't really care if I don't get pressure on, on Jameis Winston. I'm going to drop seven guys, eight guys in the coverage. I'm going to play zone, and I'm going to dare him to make these throws. I, I, I'm going to give him all the underneath stuff. I'm going to leave Troutman. I'm going to leave Kamara wide open all day because I don't believe he will consistently do the checkdowns. I don't believe he will throw it there consistently. And eventually he's going to make a mistake because he's going to get too aggressive. And so uh, 
I, I hear what you say about Bulls being aggressive, but I could also see the, the other approach too. I really think they're going to incorporate a lot of like fake pressures into this game where they're going to make James feel heat when it's not really there and they'll drop those guys back into coverage. You mean, you mean like pre-snap, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah so totally. a lot of motion, a lot of corner comes up, then drops out, that kind of thing. Because that's going to confuse the hell out of Jameis. And if he doesn't have good protection, he's not going to have time to see where that corner's going. Oh, corner's coming up. All right, I'm going to have that, I don't know, six yard out. And then all of a sudden, it's not there anymore. You know, those sim pressures are probably what I would say their number one game plan is going to be. Because they're going to capitalize on the offensive line, either A, miscommunicating, or B, straight up not knowing what they're doing. And... You know, you're not going to just drop eight guys into coverage all day, every snap, where that's where those nice sim pressures come in to play, mm-hmm. where then he starts saying, oh, it's sim pressure, sim pressure, sim pressure. He's not coming, not coming. That's when you send a full blitz. Yeah. And listen, the, the, the solution to pressure is success on first down, not necessarily running it. But if you can get to if you can get to second and five or less, suddenly pressure becomes uh, less of an issue. You know, KB. Before you get out of here, give us a score. Uh, thirty-one twenty-seven, and Saints. I really do want to pick the Bucks because I think the oh, offensive line is horrible, but I'm going to pick life. the Saints because it's at home. Okay. All right. All right. I'll That's take good it. enough. Thanks, KB. Good stuff. Oh, my God. Andrew, this is such a great opportunity for the Saints. We, we talked about it when the schedule came out. You get Atlanta, Tampa, Carolina. And, and the Saints, they can't get ahead of themselves. They have to take it one week at a time. But as fans, we don't have to. Man, if you can get, if you can get to three and zero and be three and zero in the South, you are really setting yourself up well. And I'm just excited, to, Mr. Juge. Are you going to be at the game that. Sunday, Mr. Juge? Yeah, how's it going, guys? Listen, I just want to let you know. I'm looking forward to the, to the live show, Ralph. And uh, tomorrow, I'm going back to the stadium, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium here in Atlanta. I'm going to do a victory dance on the field because my company, <laughs> my company's having a, we're having a company soccer tournament and I'm the coach of our team. So I'm going to do that. And, um, and then can I'm, you I'm reenact thinking, the block on the 50, on the 50 yard line. Can you re can, you, can reenact it and video it and send it to us? Send it. to I'm, def- I'm definitely going to take some video. So I'll send you that. That's right. But, um, but, uh, I got, I got the saints, uh, 27, 23, um, I heard a guy on, on NFL radio on Sirius this, this afternoon saying that he thought the Saints game was, was preseason game 4.5. By that he meant, look, these guys didn't really play together all preseason, but 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 it's .5 because the game counted. Um, I think what you're going to see is, a, is, is, is the Saints picking up from where they sort of were in the fourth quarter. So I've got, I've got, I've got big hopes that they, they put it all together and fix a lot of these kinks they had and clean up a lot of stuff and uh, – and we see a really improved performance. So great to chat with you guys. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting. And, and the one thing that I read really interesting, Andrew, before we get out of here, it was from uh, the great – then a great NFL writer. He used to work at the Dallas uh, Morning News, but he does like a sub stack or something now. Rich Gosselin, did you know week two of the NFL season 
seven of the last ten years has been the most penalized week of any week in the season. Like, wow. Like a referees, I guess the first week they're getting in game shape too. Week two and this Hockley is the referee and that dude is a penalty machine. So I well, just have that that must mean the league gets mad about stuff that didn't get flagged and they let the refs know like yeah. hey, you guys Points casual of- reminder, you guys need to keep Take this out of the game. Yeah, points of points of emphasis. Didn't they have a? Right. They were going to do a point of emphasis this year on passing or, or illegal contact or something, and we didn't really see it. And that's the thing: the NFL probably gets on the Zoom call, and Kevin is like, "Listen, we told you people point of emphasis A, B, C, and D, and you only called nine penalties in sixteen games. Get with it, or your bonus checks aren't going to come through." You can get a jelly of the month club, so the flags, the flags start flowing like wine. I um, mean, the, the, look, the, these guys, these guys should be grateful they they would even get a jelly of the month club, <laughs> as opposed to the SWAT team breaking down their doors and windows and and arresting them for uh, officiating crimes against humanity. I mean, the officials did not; they did not cover themselves in glory. Uh, in, Except in, for when they make those calls against the Saints, then they get a bottle of Dom Perignon and send yeah. to their house. Yeah. So, uh, final thing before we get out of here, you know, um, these did, Ralph, Ralph, I just need to ask you first before you go any further. Did Paul Sandibo get vaccinated? He might have. I really, I hope he didn't, because I think, I think he might have. Like he might have caved, and his magical powers went away. Like like vaccinations are good for like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people, but there's like this point zero 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 one percent of people they don't need to get vaccinated. I'm worried that like vaccination was his kryptonite, and maybe he's got his the 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 Rona's in his ankle because yeah. of the vaccine. Speaking know. of which, you know, obviously Kim Jordan's the opposite. Can can he get the? Can we get him to have COVID earlier in this game? We can just get it again. <laughs> we just get. We can like just. He can just walk in and they can just spray. Is it that messed him. up to say that I want Cam Jordan to get COVID? I don't know, man. He came back. I mean, he was so good when he got it last year. He did. He was just. He turned into a machine. Um. the The final thing before we get out of here, Andrew, that I was going to say is the this Saints Tampa game. The Saints have won the four regular season games, but we've had some really fun kind of strange heroes for the game, right? We had CD uh the Sunday night game. We had uh PJ Williams in Halloween right. and Kevin White, right? Uh mm-hmm. we had um I'm trying I'm, I'm drawing a blank. The the corner that the Saint, Saints got he, he had the pick six against Brady in the opening week uh in twenty twenty. Jack Rabbit. Jack Rabbit. You know, so we've Trey Hendrickson on the Sunday night yeah. game in 2020. He had three sacks. So like we've had like strain, like not obvious guys step up and be become become immortal, right? For us, but we'll remember with the forever. Give me a name of a guy that like you're thinking about might be like uh, he could come up and be and be a big name and like do something really really spectacular Sunday, and we're not really thinking of him. Well. I mean, sentimental reasons, my pick is Justin Evans. I mean, it, w- it would just be so cool Ooh, for him to go gangbusters against his old one. team. 
that is a tremendous one. You know? So that's my pick, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking Deontay Hardy, but uh nah, that's a little that might be a little too obvious. I'm gonna go JT Gray. <laughs> JT <laughs> I like it because because that means what, what what does he do? Does he block a punt? Listen, all Ralph asked for was a name. He could he could get a he could <laughs> they could fumble a kickoff or something. He could recover it. I'm gonna go a name, and this is based on a couple of things. Tight ends have weirdly been prominent in the Saints' success. I won't name his name. I, I can't remember his name, but there was a Saints tight end. He fumbled in a playoff game against Tampa. I don't remember his name. But he also had a huge game in 2020 against Tampa where he caught five passes for 80 yards. So I'm going to go Jawan Johnson having a big game and scoring a touchdown and catching three or four balls. Him and Jameis got the chemistry going. He's looking better. He caught two passes last week. He's he's on schedule to get me. If a if a Saints tight end catches 30 passes, I have to go I have to go to the Waffle House and communicate with the Waffle House staff and always mention a Saints player's name. So, I think he's going to catch four four or five passes and stay on schedule to catch 30 passes. So, Juwan Johnson. I guess you could order a martini. <laughs> you could ask for extra Olaves. Oh my God! Before we get out of here, we're gonna to get to one more put person. Cook, Cook, what you got for us? Or oh, he just—I think he Cook just dropped out. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, Cook, no, you're no, there. I'm here. You're, I'm here. Go ahead. Hey man, I, I was just wondering, would you guys think we have any uh, game day elevations this week? I mean, I see we're we're a little low on running back and wide receiver. There's just in the depth talk of it uh and i just wondered if we see kirk merritt this week or maybe a latavius murray new add-on uh well i'm glad you mentioned latavius. elevation we really haven't talked about him on the show at all but the saints did bring him back which i found interesting um you know well dennis allen loves him he drafted him right yeah That's right. He, he loves him and camara has got the rib issue and i think uh mark ingram was a little bit limited today too so uh, I, I think and 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 uh, Dwayne Washington is coming back from injury, so they're a little banged up. I mean, I, I don't know that any of those guys will miss, uh, but I, I, I could see him being elevated and you know maybe looking for an opportunity for him to get some playing time. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, and I did I did find that very interesting that they brought him back this week. So uh, that's definitely one guy to look for. You know, another guy they signed this week, Ralph, was Trey Swilling, Pat Swilling's son, mm-hmm. uh, which is super cool. And, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you who they're not going to elevate is Christian Ringo. They elevated him last week. He played terrible. That was a disaster. Um, so I feel like he's going to get cut. I, I think he might. Uh I don't know. What do you think, Ralph? Do you think Taco Charlton maybe gets a look? Maybe. I mean, if, it, the, if the pass rush keeps looking bad, could he get called up? I, I definitely do. I, I think, honestly, if the Saints stink versus the run, whether they win or lose today, win or lose Sunday, if they get shoved around again, Malcolm Brown, former Saint defensive tackle, he's out there. He's a free agent. And Dominic and Sue, um, Tyler Davidson, 
is another like they're going if they get shoved around again for a second straight week they're going to do something at defensive tackle they'll make a they'll make a move to a veteran guy a name that we know just because like Dennis Allen's flat out said it on Monday he's like that is not the standard here and it's not going and we're not going to stand for it and whether they can change it around I guarantee you Dennis Allen isn't going to keep trotting the same guys out there if they stink they'll try to do something so so those are names that I would think of I love the Andamakan Sue thing, but what is he going to cost? Even though he's, he's super of, old, he's kind of <laughs> he might be washed, man. His his rate. If you go to PFF, his his ratings. I know PFF isn't gospel, Andrew, but his ratings have steadily declined each year. And he's a guy like he wants a ridiculous amount of money, and he's only going to play like he's going to play hard for like five games a year, and he'll play hard in a playoff game. Like that's what he does. He's a mercenary. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get Detroit level Indomitung Sioux again. You're like you're not gonna get the bully Indomitung Sioux anymore. You're gonna get the the gap filler, the big fat guy that just sits <laughs> in the gap and fucking takes up space. You know, and I mean maybe that's something that we need right now because it looks like like Andrew mentioned, Onyemata is getting kind of pushed around, even though he's the best player out of Canada ever. But uh, <laughs> I mean, he just like Onyemata is kind of getting to that point where he is starting to look like he's, he's showing the rust, you know, like it, it's a lot to play in the trenches in the NFL and only a couple of players can do it for a long amount of time. And it looks like on is kind of getting to that point where he might be starting to throw up a red flag that he's like, Oh, he shouldn't be. He's falling off a little bit here. He's not old though. Give us, give us a score and then get out of here. We got to get out of here. We've been on. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I know you guys, I know you guys been here late. I appreciate you guys. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, 31, 27 saints. Uh, another Will Lutz three field goal. Hopefully he makes all three this week, but uh, I think Will Lutz and the special team is going to come through big again this week. I like it. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. And by the way, join the come out and see us, Port Orleans. We still got about 10, 12 RSVP spots if you want to get the Boys Are Back Cup. And also, too, we have done 2,000 downloads, Andrew, three straight days on the podcast today we're going to do when you combine all social media it's going to be like almost 5,000 views of our content please go to saints happy hour support the show sign up we've had 15 signups this week support the show sign up try us for a month if you don't like it i will give you a full refund but if you sign up at the ten dollar level you get the booze bundle which includes two saints themed mardi gras cups a crude taste cup a drew, drew Brees forever cup a shot glass a koozie if you become an annual patron you get the saints season survival mug nobody else that's given a podcast or whatever is giving you swag we don't even make money when you give us ten dollars a month the, the the box of swag we send you is worth 12 Okay, so try us out for a month. If you don't love us, we'll give you a full refund. But I know you're going to love us because you're going to get a podcast every day. You're going to get in Discord. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Kevin, Andrew, I will see you Friday, gentlemen, at Port Orleans. And I hope everybody in the chat that's listening in New Orleans joins us too. See you Friday night, 7 o'clock. Be there. It's going to be amazing. <laughs>